I met a man He was a good man Sailing and shoring Dancing the beta can-can Making the foreign Ah, oh, yeah Hey, this is I Hate LA. I am your host, Scott Yeskel. This is my podcast, talking to artists, artist types, actors, musicians, writers, fine artists about LA, why they live here, what they're doing here, what brought them here, if they're staying here, and all that. Welcome Elaine, Jen, Jessica Chang, two former students, two art school graduates. We're gonna talk about art, art school, and LA. Okay, so we're here. This is I Hate LA podcast. I am Scott Yeskel, and we are talking to artists who live here, who just moved here, who have been here for a while, and why they live in LA, what they're doing in LA, what brought them to LA, and how much they truly love LA, quotation marks. Today, I thought it'd be really fun to get in two of my former students, two awesome girls, Jessica Chang and Elaine Jen, who I had the pleasure of teaching a long time ago, aging myself. I, I won't, I won't talk about the dates here because we're all adults now. But back in the day, and um, help them. Those were formative years. Yeah, they and and, and helped both of them get into esteemed um, art programs. Savannah and NYU. So, what do you call Savannah? What's Savannah College of Art and Design? Yeah, that's the proper term. And then everybody knows about NYU. And the the actual art school is what at NYU? Just well, everyone thinks it's Tisch, but actually the studio art program is in Steinhardt, which is some school that has a bunch of random majors. And the story goes is that was the original NYU school, and everyone branched out and made their own but then those random ones just stay. So I will take full credit for getting both of you girls into those esteem <laughs> programs, helping you with your portfolios, writing recommendation letters, shaping you, forming you to make these horrible decisions to give them that much debt to go to art school, but never yeah. mind that. Uh, <laughs> and so you're both done, at, you both finished, and so now you're both pretty much back in LA Elaine, I know you traveled and you've been doing your thing. And so how long have you been back in L.A.? I've been back, um, I guess I've been living here, I guess, for two years now. Okay. I did some traveling over summer, so I was kind of away for about three months, and now I've been back for Where a Where did you go? Um, I went to Europe, actually, to go look at art. Yeah, you I didn't went, have enough. Yeah, I went to the Venice Biennale. I went to... Um, Sculpture projects in Munster, and I went to Documenta in Castle. Oh my god! <laughs> so, like, where were you staying? Like, friends or Airbnb or combination of both? And what was the best? Where was the best place? Uh, like Italy. I think the oh. Malfi Coast is so nice. I okay. should have just stayed there longer, you know. Yeah. And Jessica, you went to Savannah. I, I did. told you to go there. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, for I mean I I know some of your experiences and and uh, I mean uh, let's talk about the school first. Mm -hmm. World class facilities. It's amazing the facilities, the faculty, like just even the layout of the campus. It's like mind blowing. 
Yeah. Like the whole city is like hauntingly beautiful, covered in willow trees, and the school itself just it's or- very organized. Like, it's I, like the whole town. It's an old town, a hauntingly beautiful old town, yeah. with horse carriages, southern food, a lot of character. Not a lot of Chinese girls. And I got called China doll <laughs> for years. So it's like you're here. You, you're from you're from Southern California. Mm-hmm. You you literally just get on a plane and move to Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. and you're like the Chinese girl, I, which is crazy for us. I mean, I don't you know for us here in LA, that's crazy. Yeah. But like people were coming up to you on the stream being like, you know, blatantly racist. I, I th- so much of it is they're, they're not aware that they're racist. Right. It's like, oh, oh you you have such oriental beauty. Oh, it's, yeah, that's a good that's one. That's a classic God. one. Yeah, yeah. it's like, China oh. doll. I want you to be my China doll. What do you mean? No, it's just it, that's just a way they address me. Like China old, doll. Like an old lady would say that to you, or like a dude. It's always dudes. Well, and it's always the veterans suck. too, uh, who yeah. are very like old. PTSD veteran dudes usually, yeah. Well, I used to work as a hostess back there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like a lot of China doll. Oh, China mm -hmm. doll. You can't say that in LA. You can't say that in LA. No. No. But I had my first like, like really aggressive, like racist thing happen to me in New York actually when I first moved to New York. What happened? I was walking across Fourth Avenue by myself alone at night and it was probably like 8 or 9 p.m., so not even really that late, and there were a lot of people around. Um, but this guy, he screamed at me when I was crossing the street and, like, got really aggressive and said that I was, like, really ugly and I needed to leave and go back to my own country. Well, like a belligerent, like, homeless dude? He wasn't like... homeless. All right. He was just, like, some guy. Yeah. And no one said anything. That sucks. Which I feel like is, like, the typical way. But these are the things that harden you girls, like, you know, living in the city and, like, you know, but yeah. But I was really shocked, you know? Big Mm time. You you don't expect it from, Not in New York. No. No. But in Savannah, Georgia, didn't somebody ask you if you, like, you should run, like, the Chinese, uh, what did you, like, a group there, like a club? You told me a story. There was a very small group of Asian population in savannah and they wanted me to be a part of everything and anything they're related to and i don't know why but i wasn't interested yeah that's not your identity that's not even what you're there for you're like okay i'm not here to like be the chinese ambassador it's like a token asian i'm here to like study art but instead it's just a group of token asians yeah so that yeah. was probably the biggest adjustment for you other than just being 18 and being on your own and yeah yeah, and like the I, honestly, the racial aspect of it mm-hmm. didn't really bother me. And uh-huh. I feel like because I moved from Hong Kong to Orange County at such a young age, yeah, I kind of, you know, Hong Kong being a British colony, kind of already went through its own like racial. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's history there. Mm-hmm. So what was your major when you got there? I what- went in as a historic preservation. Which Whoa. you recommended me to go into. <laughs> I did. I, I, no, I did. I did. You did. What the? Why? Okay. And how I, think I, I think I went from art history, historic preservation, and then fibers. Oh, good. So yeah. I went into learning how to preserve um, articles of textile and realizing that instead of preserving it, I wanted to revive the practices. Uh-huh. So I went. So I, trans- so I transferred into 
ever seen. And art training, just art making, like the process of being creative and problem solving with making art and doing all that, was that very helpful right when you got there? Like you were familiar with just various mediums and all that, even though you weren't really doing studio art or? Yeah, I, I was, I exempted out of a lot of classes because what? of the classes we had together. Really? See, because of that's portfolio. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, I'll pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> nice. And so your major was in fiber art? Mm-hmm, so textiles. I love I love your fiber textile art. I don't know anything about fiber textile art, but I know it's just and you work with organic materials yes. and you have goals to do more like not only fiber art but wearable uh, garments. Definitely, yeah, that I are cult- just done the right way. I cultivate a focus on natural dye, which is harvesting color from um, natural goods, mm-hmm. and so it's almost in a way like combating like the destructive nature of like how our garment fashion industry treats like the process the manufacturing yeah, it's brutal yeah it's yeah. it's awful so that's like my it. response yeah, yeah it's my my work is my response to that and so yeah we have you have to get any investors out there let's do that <laughs> <laughs> let's work with jessica on because that your idea of that sustainable and really uh, organic and um proper dyes on intimate wear was mm-hmm. i think brilliant especially in this market here in LA I think the celebs would go crazy for that well the skin is your largest organ so that Uh, is really important to know I thought you were gonna say something else but yeah no I agree with that (laughs) (laughs) so Elaine what was your major going in um, I stayed the same major the whole time Actually, you went to NYU you're as a sculpture major um, well, at NYU, it's really, like, multidisciplinary, so you yeah. don't declare anything, and you actually don't really, like, when you say, like, that's my concentration, you've just taken the most classes in that, but you've also taken in classes in everything else, too. It must have been so awesome. Yeah, it was really great, but I feel like my whole experience of, like, coming into art was, like, really tumultuous in the beginning, and I was, like, pushed into it by my mother. Um, you were? Yeah. I thought your mother didn't want you to do it. Well, she didn't want me to be an artist but she, and study it in school, but she wanted me to use it to get into college because she said my grades weren't strong enough and I needed a good portfolio because she heard on the Chinese radio that that's how you get into schools. And did that work? I don't, I don't know if it really worked. I mean, you must have had excellent grades and scores and all that to get in NYU. or Yeah, you definitely need both. But, and you had a strong portfolio. Yeah, <clears throat> it was really funny because that's you, how I started going to Montecito. Yeah. Is because of my mom. Yeah. And then I liked painting with you, so I kept doing that. And then I went to the Cal Art Summer Program, CISA. Yeah. And I liked that. I feel like that Love was that the place. first brush of me meeting people who are like intense artists from a child, you know, who are like, I'm an artist, I'm going to art school, I know everything about contemporary art, I'm a really serious painter, and I went in there and be like, oh, what is I still go through, what is is printmaking? No, I still go through that, I'm like, what do you mean, like, I don't, it's this this sort of pretentiousness (laughs) that people have with their work and their practice, I'm like, why, who gives a rip? Yeah. Pretty but much. So then you helped hard. me with my portfolio, and then I was really lucky. I got a big scholarship, and I went what? to... That's awesome. For what? Well, I got a big scholarship to go to a boarding school in, in Napa called the Oxbow School that yeah. specializes in just art. Yeah, I talked so to that lady. So then I went lady. to that. And she learned, was excited about you. I learned more. 
Um, and then from there, I kind of was like, okay, I guess I'm going to NYU for studio art. Yeah. Which I also got a scholarship for, not as large as I hoped, but yeah, you know, they did throw, throw you a bone. They a did throw bit. me a little bone, like a chicken wing. <laughs> 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 well, um, and I feel like after the first year, which was definitely hard, it was like eighteen credits and yeah. just so much work. People don't realize studio People hours. People don't re- realize it's so it's much just, work and so like fun. really grueling hours, big time, um, and a lot of commitment. And you, it's like so obvious when people don't put work in at that age, you know? Yeah. Because art is like you can tell. Big time. Um. So then. After freshman year, I like definitely had this whole thing where I was like, I don't know if I should do this. This seems crazy. Like, maybe I should just switch into something else. Like my parents originally wanted, and then I consulted with them, and they were like, No, people like artists. Just keep doing. It's fine. You'll wow. find a job. I totally thought you had the exact opposite experience. I thought you were like rebelling the whole time. Well, then they flipped a switch. After like the further I got or closer to graduating, then they were kind of like, oh, maybe you should take some classes in Stern Business School. See, maybe you should do the Chinese girl <laughs> and the Jewish boy. I went to San Francisco State for two years. It was really fun and yeah. I met great people. But, you know, the school aspect of it was completely lame. Yeah. So I convinced my parents to send me to art school after a really brief stint in New York where I was, like, meeting all these really cool artist types. And I just was like, you know, I just want to, like, be in college where I'm doing stuff all day long and making stuff. And I had never oil painted before or anything. I had always done art, but I was not really, like, a serious artist. Well, but I was only 19. And um, so I convinced my parents that I, if I went to art school, I would do like graphic design or what was yeah. big in like the mid to late 90s was like computer animation. And yeah. you could like go work for Disney or something. Oh, my mom still says that and, to me. She's well, like, yeah. hey, some woman at my church, her daughter works at Disney. Like maybe you could talk yeah. to her. I'm like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, that was like the thing, which was such a charade, you know? And yeah. And so I went, yeah, and the academy where I went in San Francisco was really built on that. I mean, and the enrollment was through the roof because everybody kind of wanted to do that. And so I went there. I literally took one class on computers and one class in graphic design and was like, I'd rather just, like, drive a bus. I'd rather <laughs> just literally flip hamburgers all day. There's no, I can't even turn this computer on, let alone, like, stare at it for 20 hours a yeah. day. So I took a still life painting class, the first introductory to still life painting in oil, my first ever oil painting class. And I was like, this rules, I'm good at this. Yeah. And two years later, uh, you know, my junior year, um, I started selling my work and showing my work and I got a studio in the mission and uh, invited my parents up to like, you know, kind of see my art because I was having an open studio show. And uh, I literally sold like $12,000 worth of art that day out of my studio. And I told my parents, I'm like, I'm a fine arts major. I don't do graphic design. And they're like, that's great. You're doing so well. This is really going. And uh, the rest was history. I mean, I didn't really discuss it too much with them. And they're always so supportive and regardless. But um you know, so sometimes the parental, you know, we have similar experiences with the Chinese parents and the Jewish parents. <laughs> you need to be the doctor, the lawyer, the blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it's like you got to listen to your heart and yeah. that dynamic because both of our 
families, cultures, you know, they're they're so uh, they're you know they're just so focused on education. Yeah, they uh, really are. Number one thing. My mom is still asking me now after I've been out of school for two years. Hey, maybe you should take a class. Yeah. I'm just like what? Get on some NYU LinkedIn page yeah, and like try like, to network. Take a class. Maybe you <laughs> well, and what you just did. So you just took a class. So you're li- actually, you know, and so Jessica, were your parents like? Okay, yeah, you know. I am so fortunate my parents have always supported whatever we yeah. wanted to do. Whether well, there's that four is of like, you, so it's just like, yeah, you know. It's like, it's go not, wild. Yeah. So I never had a clear plan of what I was doing with art school. Uh-huh. My dad was just like, you'll figure it out down the line. Your sister changed her major like six times. Yeah. So we were kind of expecting the same thing with you. My problem wasn't trying to find a major that I connected with. It was finishing school. That was my struggle. I went to three different art schools, currently in my fourth one. So I'm definitely... Why are you so... Do you need a green card or something? Why are you still (laughs) in school? No, I love it. I know that you want to, like... What were the other... You went to Savannah and then... I went to California College of the Arts. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, and I went to Academy of Art University. Yeah, where I went. Uh And now I'm at Fitham for Garment Construction. Which I think will go well for you. I, I think it's what I need to kind of just, it's a skill I need. Yeah. Because I know I have I have knowledge on the fabrics and how to dye them, but I don't really know how to like construct my own like products. See, that was the best thing about being at the academy for me is that I didn't really know because you're 19 or 20 years old. You don't know shit. I mean, who knows at that age? But what they, they just force you to be in the studio all yeah. day. And at the very, very, very least, after four years, you're an expert. And I still, the, the way I teach every class, the way I execute every painting is completely from how I learned. It's yeah. the way I set up my palette, the way I approach a piece, to the way I finish a piece. I just have learned how to execute a painting, and that's all I do. It's just the, the creativity, the imagination, the concepts, the, that's all the talent part, that's all the artistic part, but the skill part, you have to learn. So you have to learn that. Learn a specific skill, become an expert. It's important. Yeah. And then then the rest is networking and then your own creativity. But if you're an absolute expert at something, if you combine that with creativity and personality and being nice to people and making connections, then Sky's the limit. Yeah. So, I, I hopefully I told you that when I was teaching you. <laughs> but <laughs> if it's not too late, I'm telling that to you now. So yeah, you're both back in LA, Jessica. You've been here for also like two, three, two years. Two years, officially two years. And you love LA. You hate LA. You miss I... the Bay Area. Do you miss? No. I, I left a Bay Area because I was defeated. Yeah. And Savannah, though it's like beautiful, it's also really, it's like really underdeveloped. So where else do you go now as a young 20-something creative type doing your art? Where, where do you live? You, do you, just, you have to live here in LA? I, I want to live in LA. I choose to live in LA. I like same. That's good. Yeah. Um. I go back and forth. I am yeah. like the New Yorker. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know, satire pieces about New York Grille, New York Grille. Yeah. And the pros and cons of both. And I just go back and forth. But actually, I was in New York recently, and I feel like I'm glad I'm in L.A. Yeah. But I don't know if I need to be in L.A. Yeah. Well, what makes you... What what makes you not want to be in New York? Um, everything's really expensive. I feel just like overall, like overall, living. everything is just like expensive. It's like hellish when you don't have a lot of money to yeah. be living that situation. There's no time or money to make any kind of art. Yeah, and like interactions with people are also just so like everyone's always drinking. It's always a party. It's like I can't live like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I feel like, that way too. Like you, it's just that can you, I can't like be serious about the work I want to do and like also be drinking till four o'clock in the morning exactly. every night. Exactly, because that's the only way to network. Or yeah, pretty much. And I don't know. It's like really great, but also a lot of things are just more difficult there. You know, it's like oh, Leather. I want to go buy art supplies. I have to lug this shit. Like I forgot about how much I had to carry stuff. Like how many times I carried like huge things onto the subway. Big time. And like up and down stairs. And people just stare at me. And it's like, oh, because I don't have money to pay for a cab to put this in. You know? <laughs> I hear you. You know? It's crazy. Right. And so where were you in Brooklyn? Um, I lived in Greenpoint. Oh, and yeah. I also lived in Clinton Hill. Yeah. But and Greenpoint was really nice. It's, yeah, it was nice. And there's a lot of um, studio spaces there, too. I didn't have one because I couldn't afford one. But I know there's a bunch of warehouses that people converted to studios that they were sharing with other people. Yeah. So. And the people, I mean, overall, I mean, I hate to generalize, but how how do you how would you compare just people? Like, do you find people are a little bit uh, more open minded and easygoing out here, or? I think people are like friendlier, but I also think that people kind of keep appearances more in LA, and people are actually more open to like having con- connections with strangers in New York, and I find it easier to make friends in New York than in LA, actually. But don't you find like walking and like the sort of street culture might be different for a, for a woman? Like, don't you find that kind of an easier lifestyle to be like to know your neighbors, to know your coffee shop guy, to know your neighborhood, to be much more in tune with your overall life compared to LA, where you just have to get in your car all day long? I feel like LA is just yeah. like it's just so isolating. We're all in our it boxes. It is isolating. Everyone's in their boxes, and I feel like a lot of the out. mentality of like appearances does come from like what LA is known for, like show business. You know, yeah. people are entertainment. So a lot of times I feel like even if I go to a bar or like meet someone, it's like no one really gives a shit about you unless you have a certain number of like Instagram followers or something. For you as or an just artist like, or not as an artist, but as a person. But like yeah, probably as an artist too. My friend who's an artist who's also around the same age who graduated, she like, you know, produced her own web series and yeah. she put a lot of heart and effort and she like talked to someone who was doing like the revamp of the MTV TRL. And he was like, yeah, giving her advice. And he was kind of just like, yeah, but no one will really like notice you unless you have like however many yeah, followers on of Instagram. Course. Influencers. You know? And it's true because there's also girls from my school who are like, they're sweet, um, but I didn't find their work like particularly interesting. But they actually have like, and they weren't really around the studios at all when we were in school. But now they have kind of like big-ish careers in L.A., which I think they're only successful in L.A. because of the work they make and their personality. Right. And their being personalities makes more sense. Their online presence. and Makes more sense in L.A. And in New York, they wouldn't be like 
consider as more right as like legitimate as artists you know but like their art makes sense here it's brutal i don't know they I, have that like crossover with the entertainment i don't know what's i don't know what to make of it i mean you know the way i don't know if this fad of social media is gonna eventually just get so tired or it's just becoming such an integral part of yeah. society and in people's overall personalities yeah. and the way they're presented that it's just becoming so integrated that it's a full reflection of who you are, yeah. which is really scary because, you know, if you thumb through it all day long, like most people, you, you know, you just see somebody and then they have 40,000 followers and they have all these likes and they look so fabulous and you just can't help from being, feeling inferior and, and feeling like you just yeah. are just dog shit compared to them. Totally. For me as, a 40 year old, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I try my hardest to look at that, take a deep breath and say, you know what, like I have a legitimate career. Yeah. I sell art, I show art. It's not based on this sort of two second scroll through of oh, popularity not. and it's legit. And the people that I know in my world that are also selling art and showing art and getting museum shows and in huge collections yeah. and doing art and making a living, they don't, you know, they're, no, they're on Instagram not. and all yeah. that, but they're just, that's, I feel like a, I feel like a lot, not all, but a lot of artists who really focus their energy on Instagram is it's all they have. They don't have true. the gallery representation. Yeah. They don't really have a career. So their whole game is yeah. social. I mean, that's not the kind of artist I would want to be anyways, and that's not the practice I would want to have. Well, that's, I mean, I, I'm it's not... It's just weird sometimes, like, being outside of school and trying to be, like, serious about it and have a studio practice, and then I see people who are, like, wouldn't necessarily want what they have, but then yeah. I'm like, whoa, they have this weird career that came from social media, you know? Yeah. Which is a weird feeling. And it's weird because I feel like it really happens, especially like in LA more so yeah, than time. in New York. Everybody's like, obsessed with influencers and all that. And yeah. I'm just wondering if that's a fad or if it's just here to stay. Yeah, but I don't think that like to be an artist, I don't think like you need to be in LA or New York though. I think it seems like maybe it's more exciting in other cities that are kind of yeah, so that's, a new that's the idea. Up, like, but I don't know where it is or what's going to happen. Because although say Athens, but uh, who knows? Well, LA seems more affordable than New York currently, but you know, you live in Silver Lake. Yeah, it's and expensive. It's, you could get more square footage. You could possibly find a garage or somewhere to work yeah. out of, especially working in, in mixed media sculpture. Um, but you know. It's not cheap. You gotta buy a car. You gotta pay your yeah. health insurance. You gotta, you know, it's shit's not cheap. So like, where are people going? I talk to, I talk with my friends about this all the time. You know, it seems like a lot of artists have moved out of New York. It seems like a lot of them have moved here. It seems like almost every artist has moved out of San Francisco. Yeah. Unfortunately, and have moved down here. So it's, it's like, where can we go? To LA. Yeah, everybody's moved to L.A. Yeah, the, what, like all the huge galleries also moved to L.A. too. And, and they like bought up all those spaces in like the Arts District and gentrified Boyle Heights. And it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. So it's exciting on one hand, but then it's also just kind of like, well, how, how's it going? Like, is, is, is that what everybody really wants? And is it, 
is it really going well for the galleries and the artists here? I guess so, but I don't really know. I, I don't mean, really know either. I think the contemporary art market is just not doing well right now. Though. No. Because tons of galleries that are really big closed in New York, and I feel like maybe some closed in LA, I'm not sure, because I don't feel like I yeah. know the scene as Left and here. right. But it's just like a lot of places that seem established were just poof Well, gone. I think just the retail you know? world is is super hurting. I, and, yeah. and I think the brick and mortar store is in trouble, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just people like to walk into a store, but they like to shop at home in their yeah. pajamas on their iPad, scrolling through a million different images of from t from bed sheets to to ten thousand dollar paintings, and they yeah. they could just go home and they could just scroll 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 until they finally find something that they're comfortable with and that they feel like is a good deal for the money, yeah. I guess. And then and then if they do end up making a purchase, it's usually online. Whereas, yeah. like, if they walk into a gallery, I feel like most people are feeling like they're paying retail. It's a brick and mortar, like, retail situation yeah. where mm -hmm. they could be getting a better deal elsewhere. So, I mean, my galleries are starting to do a much better job with, like, you know, uh, network, uh, you know, just getting more stuff online yeah. to cater to those clients, which is great. But, yeah. Well, I feel like that's why Artsy has been so successful too, yeah. and I think they got even more funding recently, yeah. in like like five million or something. Yeah, it's amazing. And Artsy's been great, and my gallery is on it, and it's been fabulous because it's just it's so nicely executed there, and you could just you know click on it, and you get the price, and you just yeah. boom. And I, that's what people like. That's really crazy that people buy art online, though. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, but it's like. Vast well, you majority. Know, you would think that people want to look at it, That's but I guess if you're a collector, it doesn't matter as much. My sales this year have been through auctions and online sales. Wow. <laughs> it's like I don't. I, I mean, I'll, I'll ask my gallery, but the last time somebody walked in to the gallery yeah. and like you know purchased something at an opening, doesn't happen as yeah. much anymore. I, have, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I think LA is also more interesting in terms of art than New York too, though, because it's like less blue chippy. Right. You know, and I feel like one night before I moved to LA, and I was thinking about it, I like talked to um, a professor who I had in school, and I was talking to her like, if she knew anything about LA or like what it is, she's like, well, it's. I think it's good that you're moving, but it's going to be harder because everything is based around the schools there, so you won't really like know people yeah. unless you're in school. Right. But that's why the art scene is more exciting because it's not about commodity yet. Like people aren't really buying art as much though. There's not much of that like buy, sell, buy, sell mentality. Um, well, I think, I'll, said, yeah, I think New York is more blue point, chip, more, more, you know, more conservative, but I think LA. Like and so she said <sighs> that like, because it's based around the schools and the dialogues around the schools, then there's more experimentation and so people can make more art that's interesting and are in mediums or forms that aren't totally like yeah. traditionally what's easy to sell. Well, LA know? loves stars. So if somehow you could become a star online or if you're like this hot naked girl that paints or something like that, I've seen that happen. You know, <laughs> you, you're a star or um, they love pop. So anything that has sort of a pop kind of connotation, um, whether it's like street art or um, was that your kombucha that just made that? Yeah, oh, that's okay. that pop. We will edit that in post. <laughs> it's like a really cute 
China doll fart. <laughs> That's probably what those southern guys think. Oh my word! Like that from a China doll. <laughs> so Jessica, are you getting a degree at FITM, or are you just taking like associate. a associate? So like a two year. Mm-hmm. 18 months. And what's it like being downtown with all these FITM girls and and gay dudes, I guess, who go to FITM? As expected. It's cool. It's chill. It's it's a lot chiller than I thought it was going to be just because I feel like um, growing up, I've always associated at school with Lauren Conrad. I don't know if you're like the (laughs) (laughs) I'm living in the city. I'm going to. And I like recently. Just carrying around that huge portfolio like on no, there's no portfolio. I know, but I remember like from that show, she like oh, had yeah. like one of those cliche portfolios. Yeah. Sunglasses. Oh, yeah. I want to know where she parked. We're going to an underground loft speakeasy party tonight, guys. <laughs> want to come? <laughs> that was downtown until like three years ago. Every single thing downtown was an underground loft speakeasy. I mean, I'm like, I've been to like 12 of them. Oh. Charlie Chaplin used to have underground speakeasies here. I've been to 100 places downtown like that. I'm like, yeah, no, but okay, cool, I guess. <laughs> but now downtown is cool as hell. I mean, it's just like you got your Whole Foods right there, and you it's got all hectic. these really sweet restaurants. And it is crazy. Where do you park? That is a good question. I I have to trick the parking lot, like the the parking system there. Like I would do two hours on the street, and then I'll move my car when it's cheaper, like oh, after stressful. a certain time. But it's it's just too much. It's they don't like, have parking, huh? They don't have parking there. No, they don't have parking. They encourage like yeah, on campus housing. So they're like They have on campus housing? Yeah. Where at? Right next to the building. Sweet. Yeah. Wow. It's really funny to see like so many different building constructions happening around the school. Oh yeah. And I, I've been told many times from my professors that they're all essentially like Blade Runner. Like they're all Chinese investments. Oh yeah. And like I wanna know more about that. Because essentially, they're kind of no one's really moving into the apartment buildings. No, it's just vacant spaces. Just holding. parking your money. Yeah, it's it's much better to park your money in a in a studio apartment than it is, in, I guess, in any kind of Swiss bank or Chinese bank. Just open the kombucha. Just open it. There you go. <laughs> now drink it. <laughs> Well, I'm excited for you, even though you're still in school, but I think that's part of your journey, and um, we got to help you get your your um, organic, um, la- yeah, lingerie line off the... <laughs> you still want to do that, right? Yeah, I do. I, I think it's a good idea. actually recently explored the idea of being a textile consultant. Yeah. Whoa. So a natural dye consultant. So I'll go into companies and educate them on natural dye and then give them a business plan to help them transition from using synthetic dyes to natural dye. And also providing like a branding like a branding package. So if you go into natural dye, these are the people that you're gonna be associated with. Uh-huh. And you can create partnerships with them. And so I definitely want to finish school and learn how to create my own garments just in case that's something I want to create, like a capsule collection of yeah. like a dying seasonally so i have something to do but i i don't think i want a natural dye for a living i think i want to educate other people on natural dye that's a good idea yeah because it's like you said like retail market it's not right now it's not a good time to explore um creating your own brand unless you know for a fact that you have what it takes to kind of be a star in LA. well i think it's a great time to create your own brand but then you would just have to explore ways to promote it and sell it not in a traditional 
brick and mortar but more online and then collaborations and yeah i mean you see all these like random things too on instagram i feel like things pop up where people like have a vintage shop but it's just their instagram account Mm -hmm. and they just like post pictures of their friends modeling and it's like hey this and this is this price like whoever like sends a message first with your address well man these these there's so many ways these programmers and everybody in silicon valley they hire big time neuroscience engineer people to study our brain waves and they all know and understand how the shot of dopamine that we get when we see somebody liking something or Mm -hmm. commenting we they know it's addictive i mean they they compare staring at a screen the same way as 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 you know our ancestors stared at fire i mean it has that same sort of intoxicating thing that happens to our brain and so it takes maturity and it takes focus to embrace it deal with it enjoy it but also not make it your whole life especially as a creative person and i struggle with that daily but i mostly have fun with it i mean you know because i i do have a bit of a well-rounded life like if i see people out partying or like super attractive people i'm like oh okay well you know that's fine um i'm you know like i'm happy where i'm at but you know so but it's just super hard for younger people especially like teenagers i see my nieces and nephews how compelled they are to be on it all day long it's crazy it's it's, horrible and the promposals and the homecoming like you have to like do something that's going to go viral Yeah. And you know, it, just to go to a stinking dance, like it's not hard enough, you know, yeah. to be asked or ask somebody, or like comparing, especially with girls, man, yes. like just comparing bodies and comparing fashion and comparing. Yeah. That's what really like troubles me. That's it's hard, young, especially for young girls too, because there are these very unrealistic bodies who, like, I don't know whether they're taking what they were given as light suggestions and got <laughs> stuff done, but kids are led on to believe, oh, yeah. especially young girls, that this is what men want. This is what women look this like. This will make you popular. This exactly. will get you. Exactly, and that's like really concerning for me. It's like, it really damages like the way you see. I get affected by it too. Like I'm aware of like what my boyfriend, like the models that he follows. And yeah. like, and kind of like, it's hard not to be affected. It's hard Good not time. to feel insecurity because of it. But my views on social media has a little less to do with the art aspect, but really just how we see each other and our see ourselves. And so, I don't know. I, I don't. I really hope social media goes away eventually. It's. I think it's really destructive, especially for our younger generations. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. It's never going to go away, though. It's not going away. It's going to just away. morph into hopefully yeah, something else. it's going to morph into something else. It's going to be augmented reality, which already has been happening with the like Pokemon Go stuff. And then it's going to be like VR, and it's just going to keep going. So you could have a completely different life in a completely different dimension almost. And then you could have your real life. And you could be having like sex with like robots and stuff. But it's like this stuff even started... I feel like people got invested in like fictional lives before the emergence of social media like people played game computer games that were like that like second life that was created i think in san francisco was oh yeah that that. like online game where like people had their like character and i think it was sort of like sims except it was higher stakes and like people would actually like go to temple in it but then they would think they actually worshipped in real life i don't know so it's like if people believe it then maybe it is real well, that is the one thing with, with making art. I'm an oil painter, a somewhat traditional oil painter, a fabric artist, a sculptor, 
artist, you know, there's something about making things with your hands and the craftsmanship that has to go into that and something that is unique and one of a kind that I think will stand the test of time in this age of just globalization and mass production and everybody has the same thing on Instagram and everybody is just chasing the next trendy thing. I mean, I'm in it for the long haul with my work. My work isn't trendy, but it's like somewhat just classic in its approach that hopefully it will just keep going. Well, I know it will keep going as long as I keep doing it. And I guess that's my advice to you girls too, is just to keep doing it stuff made with integrity, stuff that's handmade, and there will be a a really wonderful audience, an audience that is um, authentic, that's out there for your work, and and hopefully, um, you know, you'll be able to find that. Using Instagram to find people to buy your art or support your art is fabulous, it's great, but it can't (laughs) just be your only thing, you know, and I don't know, maybe enough about that. What is your ideal day in LA, Jessica? What's your number one day? What what kind of a day in LA where you're like, I love this place? Like how it start? Just your whole day. Okay. <laughs> I would probably go pick up a bottle of chilled rose and take it to the Huntington Library. Okay, for breakfast. Good. Good. For breakfast. <laughs> exactly. For breakfast. <laughs> Wait, where are you going? Huntington Library. Okay, good. Nice. Very yeah. Mm-hmm. And cruise around, get a little tipsy, lift. lift. Okay, so don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. There's been a history with that. So, okay, you're going to have a driver. Okay, good. <laughs> Call yourself a lift. These are the things you think about in LA. Even exactly. Fix, even you're like made up perfect. Even day. your yeah. fantasy world, yeah, your you're fantasy like, wait. World. You're like, yeah. I can't drive. Got to get a five star lift driver. And then what? And um, hit up a taco stand. Yep. Kill time. Watch the sun go down. Honestly, it's just like talking to as little people as possible. And just having time just, with... Just being driven around in a lift all day with a bottle of rosé and a taco? All right. Yeah. It's fine. That's really it. And no, then that sounds per- good. Yeah, good company and that's it. <laughs> I don't want to go into any shops except for Trader Joe's, which is where I'm going to pick up my rosé and interact with the people what in the Trader Joe's? One at Glendale. Glendale. Okay. All right. I thought you were going to say the Silver Lake one because that's like my worst day in LA. It's going to be Silver Lake Trader Joe's. All right. What's your ideal day, Elaine? Um, my ideal day is no one. There's just like I have no phone and no computer. Oh, you girls hate people. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're alone. I'm alone. Are no you phone, drinking no alone as well? <laughs> Um, probably not. Okay. All right. No phone, no devices. And, and then what? What's the location? Well, I would go have a swim in the ocean, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's nice. That sounds really nice. After that, I'd probably go somewhere trendy though. Yeah. Get a nice little breakfast. Like if I'm at the beach, then I'd probably go to like what? Like juice or something like that. Some West Side situation. Okay. (laughs) Probably get something like fresh. And then go to like some farmer's market. Yep. You know? You are an LA girl. It is LA. Yeah. I'm an LA girl. I've been transformed. I try to be like, I think I'm like hardened sometimes in New York, but. No, you're wearing a yellow shirt and you have like (laughs) kind of shorter hair and you, no, you are. But I still am a legend deep down. I complain about people and things. But I mean, like, if Larry David could do it, then I can do it. Yeah, if he could live like, yeah, Yeah, off Montana or somewhere where he lives. Yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah. Well, there's and a lot of Jews would, who live here. <laughs> We've all moved out here. So, yeah. you know, we could, we figured good. it out. And I don't know. I would love to, like, I would probably, like, 
make some work that day. Ah.、Uh. That'd feel good, I think,、yeah. to like accomplish something, to、yeah. like, actually be productive and like be at home and like in my space, like make something and like finish it or like make progress on a piece. It'd、yeah. feel really good. And then maybe a movie. A movie. A movie. But I feel like what happens on a device?、Like、what makes me? You don't have to watch it on a device. You could go. True. People、yeah. watch movies、oh, at a, the movie that is theater. That's a lot of art. Yeah. <laughs> There are these big dark rooms, and I don't know if you ever heard of a screening room. <laughs> <laughs> never, like never. But、uh, yeah, I feel like doing something like that. But I feel like the random things that I love about LA that just make me smile are like just being outdoors and just simple things. Like it sounds crazy, but Los Angeles has like, and California in general has like some of the most beautiful sunsets in the whole world. I think that is cheesy. I like it. Okay, you guys gonna ask me or am I gonna? Yeah,、uh, what's your ideal day, Scott? Oh,、uh, I thought you would never ask.、Um, <laughs> well, my ideal, you know, to be honest, since we've had our daughter, like every day feels kind of ideal because you just kind of like see her and you just not much could go wrong, you know. As and long as and you said the sunset was cheesy. That's <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I mean it though. The、It's、soon as when I see her and like our day is. Fine, whatever may have happened, and our house is great, and we're just home. It's、yeah. it's good, but like ideally, I mean, I love to go to Echo Park Lake, and、uh, same. Like I love taco trucks, and I love maybe cracking a beer open in the in the park, and then getting like a great lunch, and then just walking. Yeah, I mean, I love to walk in LA. It's such a treat, you know, and、oh, yeah. and. And then、um, just being with friends, and of course my family, and.、Um, You know there are there are moments in LA where when the weather's perfect and and you're you're outside and the people are great and the food is great、yeah. and the and the air is kind of crisp and fresh and you know it's just kind of like yeah, yeah. And, and and you're inspired you know like the light in this town is inspiring to me and and the people are very inspiring to me and then certain neighborhoods are. Are just with their charm and and their history are really inspiring to me. So, all of those combinations, you know,、um, yeah, in in those kinds of neighborhoods are just like okay, I'm glad I'm in the right place. You know, I feel good here, and it's crazy. You know, you go somewhere else, and and it's it's always so fun to go somewhere else. But then after a couple of days, it's like you know, there's、yeah. only there's no place like like L.A. like home. Oh, but also I think in my perfect LA day, it should rain for part of it. It's always the best. It is the best. Not only because people just freak out <laughs> the outfits that happen, <laughs> you know, like the Uggs and the and the jackets and the flip flops and whatever people are wearing、yeah. is always my favorite. The、and、only the downside, even though I love it when it rains in LA, is like the traffic goes crazy. People just do not know what to no, do. It's a freak out. They don't know how to drive. It's a freak out. Yeah. And then it never lasts usually for too long, and then it's always so pretty. Yeah. Well, this is called "I Hate LA," but that was a really good way to wrap up some kind of nice stories about LA. And I can't thank you girls enough for for doing this. This is fun. Thank、this、you for having me. Yeah. I'll have to have you back, you and、um, can't wait for this to air so you guys can hear it. And、um, that's it. That's it. Okay, Jessica, Elaine, producer Kev, Kev B, appreciate <laughs> it, man. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.